Optimal Bio podcast. At Optimal Bio, we don't just balance your hormones, we balance your whole body. Our conversations range from nutrition to medicine with an emphasis on wellness tips to support your health journey. If you like what you hear, find us on the web at optimalbio.com and follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Optimal Bio's Wellness Podcast. Today, we have the honor of introducing Mavis Hodges, uh, one of our new PA providers here in Cary, North Carolina. And we thought we would spend time today just getting to know Mavis. So Mavis, how are you? And tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm great. Thank you, Jim. It's really good to be here. Um, so yeah, as you know, my name is Mavis. I'm a PA. Just been here about a few months here at Optimal Bio. Um, I'll go a little bit into my background, both personally and career-wise, so you can get to know a little bit about me. Um, I started in family medicine and women's health, and I did that for about four and a half years um, before coming down here in North Carolina. And um, I loved it. I loved doing women's health. I loved seeing you know all types of people, um, but it got very draining, very tiring for me, and I wanted to really focus on something specific. Um, and about two years ago, I started studying functional medicine. Um, and that's basically what we do here at Optimal Bio. We do root cause. We don't slap a Band-Aid on someone and tell you to get over it. You know, we, we get to the root cause and we help people get well. So the last couple of years, I've just been studying as much as I can in functional medicine. Um, I've been in love with hormones since I was 10. Um, so finding the right opportunity and finding this opportunity at Bio was, is, was a really good opportunity for me and really a blessing, really, because I can focus and concentrate on one area of medicine that I love and that I can really help people. And like I said, really help people and not slap a Band-Aid on it. And then from a personal perspective, um, I've had my own health journey, which could be a whole nother podcast in itself, Jim, um, since I've been about 10 years old. Um, I've dealt. So for the last 20 years, I've been on my you know own journey, and I've really learned from that that um, conventional medicine does not always have the answers. It's great, and there's a place and a time for it, but it doesn't always have the answers that we need, especially for people who are struggling in a chronic health journey. Um, so this holistic um, functional medicine has really done a lot for me, and um, I'm really excited to be able to help patients here at Optimal Bio do the same thing. So, thank you for that. Let's work a little bit backwards if you're okay with that. I'm okay with that, yeah. So, you, you said at 10 years old you became interested in hormones. Yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah. So, um, well, when I was 10, um, I started having chronic pain. Um, so, that was the first sign. And then when um, puberty hit, I knew something was wrong with my hormones. So, um, between that and the chronic pain that led me down a road of lots of specialists and lots of doctors and lots of traditional medicine that I was unable to find answers in, um, unfortunately. So it took me maybe, I'd say about five, eight years to really find people who would listen to me and understand me because I was young at that time. And of course, oh, you're young, nothing's wrong with you, you know, yada, yada, yada. So um, I found a lot of that in the alternative world and, um, yeah, very grateful for it. So I'm, I'm still on the journey. Um, you know, I know I'm young, but I'm, I'm still on the journey. And um, yeah, here we are. I have really improved, though. Like, I had to really be my own advocate. 
You know, and that's what a lot of our patients go through. Um, they come here. They usually don't come here. This is not their first stop shop usually. You know, they've come here because they've been looking for answers elsewhere and have not been able to find them. So they come here and we listen to their story and, you know, we help them in that way. So, um, so yeah, like I said, it's helped me and I see patients in here every day that it's, it's helped them the same. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? All right. Yes, but I'm not going to let you off that, that easily. So <laughs> you're 10, 11 years old, you're getting, having this pain, you know, yeah. is it in your legs? Is it in your feet? Is it in your head? Like, where's the pain? And Yeah, great question. So it started in my neck. Um, didn't have an injury, nothing out of the norm, um, but it started, and I'll never forget this. I woke up in the middle of the night and I stretched and I felt this pain in my neck like un, unreal pain. Um, and it all started from that. And it just escalated into, then it went into my back, then it went into my hips. And then at one time I had lots of um, joint pain, um, which thankfully I don't suffer with much now. Um, but yeah, so that kind of led me down this road of, okay, why why am I a 10, 11 year old that's, that's having these issues? And I remember at 13 years old, I was like, I'm going to stop drinking soda. Like, what 13-year-old thinks this, right? And um, I did, and then I just by not drinking soda, I started feeling much better just from that. I mean, it's just like little simple stuff you don't even think about, right? So over the years, I've really honed in on lifestyle, diet, exercise, stress management, and found so much relief and, and support just in those simple things that most of the time are free. So when you were going through this, and obviously you're probably getting labs done, you're going to traditional doctors, mm -hmm. you might be going to mm -hmm. doctors ex uh, specialized in pain. Mm -hmm. um, anybody ever talk to you about your lifestyle or uh, your diet or sleep or anything along those lines? No, actually, no. It's interesting to me that I think in the old days, you know, if you went to a country doctor, for example, or to your neighborhood doctor, you know, back in the 70s or whatever, 80s, <laughs> And I just remember, you know, me going to the pediatrician back in the dark ages, you know, they always ask the simple stuff first, you know, um, and today they don't really ask that anymore. It seems like they just jump right into let's run blood tests, let's do labs, let's figure it out, you know, and they're probably thinking, you know, either the pain's in your head or they might be thinking, well, she probably has rheumatoid or some other, you know, inflammatory disease. Let's check her sed rate. Let's, let's look at some things and let's give her some medication to alleviate the symptoms. Um, Right. Is that kind of the experience that you went through? Yeah, for about five or six years. That was exactly the experience I went through. Um, and, you know, that leads me to a good point is that traditional medicine is very reactive. It's not proactive. Um, and that's one of the reasons I left my previous job is because I was just tired of being so reactive, reactive to the things, you know, people coming in, they have all these complex medical issues, and I'm being reactive, I'm not being proactive. Um, yeah, it's very draining, and I think that, is one of the issues that's leading to burnout in our healthcare system because, because we're just approaching it in the wrong way. Um, start at the basics, start at what people do every day when they wake up. How do they live their life? I mean, if you don't know that about someone, what do you know about them, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm all about being simple and starting with the basics. So did you have an epiphany when you were 13, when you were looking at that refill of Coke or Sprite or something and decided you weren't going to drink it anymore? Or did, you know, your parents or the doctors or, you know, just information that you gleaned on your own through the internet, you know, decide to 
make you decide that, you know, maybe I should try to give up something to see if it affects me at all? Yeah, I became my own advocate. Um, I researched so much, and not that, you know, Google always has the right answers, but um, I researched a lot as a kid, and I read so much. I remember I bought books. Um, my head was always in a book, or I was always reading. I just became so fascinated with the human body and wellness and um yeah, so I just was like, okay, I'm going to make these changes and I'm going to do it. No doctor or anyone I ever saw told me that I need to make these changes. I just decided to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after soda, were there other things that you gave up? Dairy. In high school, I gave up dairy. That was a big trigger for me, especially um, I had lots of issues with acne too. Um, going through puberty and, you know, I had, you know, irregular menses and a bunch of other stuff that um, no GYN could ever tell me what was wrong for years. Um, So, yeah, dairy was the next one I remember in high school I gave up. Um, Felt so much better after that. Um, Yeah, and then into college years, a whole host of other medical problems happened. And, you know, fast forward to today, I, I do not eat grains currently. Um, I do eat dairy sometimes, very little, but right now I'm on a grain-free diet, um, and that's really ten, that's really helped my my pain significantly. Yeah, college is tough, right? Because um, you're <laughs> yeah. obviously enjoying life, and you want to be be like everybody mm-hmm. else, you know, in college. And you know, you're going to parties, and you know, there's that eleven o'clock pizza call every once in a while, or you mm-hmm. know, late nights in general. So you're just not getting a lot of sleep, and um, it's it's tough. I, mean, I know some other people, uh, some family members in particular, who. Um, you know, had a tough time adjusting uh, in school, you know, in a setting where you're on your own, you're out of your environment, you know, but you have a a chronic disease and you have to be able to deal with it. And of course, you know, your peers don't Mm -hmm. have that. And, um, you know, they can do a lot of things that you can't do. Um, Yeah. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in um, a little rural town in Franklin County, Virginia, so that's where I was born and raised. Um, yeah, very rural town, right in a mountain. I'm a mountain girl. Um, so is I went that to near school Roanoke? in Virginia. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Right near Roanoke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, so in the Blue Ridge Mountains And where'd there. you go to college? So for undergraduate, I went to James Madison University. That's in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And then for graduate school, I went to Shenandoah University, which is right there in Winchester, right in the Shenandoah Valley. All right, so you're going to... Graduate high school, you go to college, you're at JMU. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you decide to go into healthcare? I think I decided that when I was in high school, um, just because everything I was going through, and you know, I had seen like every professional you could think of, you know, at that point, and so I was like, wow. And I remember the first person I remember that really helped me. She was my massage therapist, and I remember thinking wow, like she's really changed my life. And I had a physical therapist too that I remember going to and he was just amazing. And so by seeing the physical therapist and the massage therapist, they they really gave me the inspiration to say, hey, I, I can help other people too that are like me. Um, and then I was already fascinated by the human body at this point and wellness and health and lifestyle. So I was just like, I have to go into medicine. I have to learn as much as I can um, so that I can hopefully you know, shed that light on other people's lives. And did you want to be a doctor or do you always wanted to be a PA? At first I did consider med school. And then when I found out about the PA profession and the flexibility in that, um, I was like, wow, because I didn't really know what I wanted to go into at that time. 
Um, so I was like, okay. So if I go the PA route, I was like, one, it's 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 less money, <laughs> which was a concern for me at the time. Um, and then I said, you know, I have flexibility. I can change. You know, I don't have to pick a residency and pick one track. I can kind of change it up. Um, and then I also figured I would have more work-life balance, and I knew I wanted to have a family one day. So that's kind of the reasons I picked PA. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, the Shenandoah program is that a what a two or three year program? It was thirty months. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So you get out. Yep. Now tell us mm-hmm. once you're out of PA school and you're ready to start working. How are you feeling mm-hmm. at that point in time? What do you what, what else have you given up? So around that time, um, I had given up gluten at that point because. During PA school, I had the biggest IBS flare I've ever, ever had. Um, and that's when I got diagnosed with IBS, which now, fast forward seven years, I now know I have SIBO, um, which they didn't find at the time. So anyway, so I had IBS, um, and I found out on my own. Again, I went to the doctor. Nothing against doctors. I, you know, not not saying that at all. Um, but I went there, and they did the testing, and they said, you don't have celiac, Um you have IBS, here's an antidepressant. Great. So I, I tried my I tried my pharmaceuticals. I've been down that route. It did not work for me. Um, I started thinking about what am I what am I eating? So I'm like, okay, I'm a college student. I cook a lot of pasta because you can cook it and it lasts several days. You eat a lot of sandwiches because they're easy to make. And I realized in a granola bar for breakfast, I'm like, I'm eating gluten at every single meal. And here I am with this crazy flare for like three months. I said, let me just stop eating the gluten. And then it just, the symptoms like 95% resolved just from cutting out gluten. So at that point, I said, I already knew I had an issue with gluten, even though my celiac test came back negative. Um, I didn't have a colonoscopy or biopsy or anything like that, but the blood test came back negative. Um, so yeah, at that point, I was, I was gluten-free by the time I graduated. So is it because your lab test came back negative? They just threw you on an antipsychotic drug, thinking that you're just suffering from anxiety that's causing this physical ailment? Well, I think partially, but we know with IBS, a lot of it is functional, and I get that. But again, why are we not getting to the root cause of the IBS, right? That's what should have been done is, okay, you have IBS, great. Okay, but why? And I, I was ignorant at that time. I didn't know any better either. You know, not until I started studying functional medicine through the Institute of Functional Medicine a couple years ago did I not realize, oh, here's all these underlying factors and reasons that you can get IBS. Um, and now I, now I know why. But again, I had to be my own advocate. I had to do my own research. I had to really learn this. It's not part of our traditional conventional training, unfortunately. Just to, I'm curious about this too. You know, back when you were having all this pain, I mean, we're... Mm-hmm. What kind of medicine were they prescribing to you at that point? Yeah, so Lyrica, um, Duloxetine, Cymbalta, I mean, you name it, I tried it. Um, amitriptyline. Um, yeah, I just, I, I felt like a zombie on it. Like, I just, I could not function. Um, it gave me restless legs at night, gave me insomnia. Um, I remember one day I was driving to school and I almost wrecked. Um, because I was just like a zombie. Um, and it made my moods terrible. I mean, I remember on one, I actually got pretty depressed on it. So I was like, okay, this is not for me. So after, you know, three or four medications, I was like, I gotta do something different, you know? 
So you're going through this, your life growing up, you know, you're in effect self-diagnosing yourself and, you know, taking yourself, mm -hmm. uh, modifying your diet and what have you. Uh, now you come out and you end up going into what a family practice as your first job. Yep. 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 We did family medicine and women's health. We actually did a little bit of everything. It's a federally qualified health center. Um, so we also did a little bit of mental health, um, also did some work with substance abuse. Um, so a little bit of everything, but mostly, yeah, mostly that. Mm -hmm. And what was, what were the days like there? I mean, were you pretty busy? You know, is it typical, you know, practice where, you know, you're seeing what X amount of patients for 15, 20 minutes a pop and you're just rotating through the day? Yes, we saw lots of patients. And these patients, you know, a lot of the patients we saw did not have insurance um, or were underinsured. So they had a lot of complex medical issues and social issues. And we had to spend a lot of time with these patients. Um, so, you know, that essentially after four and a half years, that's why I was burnt out and had to really change up what I was doing because you put so much time and effort into these patients because, because they're, they're so complex. Um, yeah, and again, it's a it's a reactive system that we're working in. We're getting them in, we're getting them out, you know, give them this, give them that, tweak this, tweak that, goodbye. We don't have time to talk about diet. And there towards the end, I was just, I was just sick of practicing medicine that way. I was like, I didn't go to school and spend all these years and all this money to do it this way. And so I remember at the end, like, you know, I was, I was always running behind because I was spending more time with my patients, doing more charting. I felt like I lived there. I should have just put a bed in there and slept at night because I was there all the time. I, you know, it, they were long days. They were long days. So, yeah. And of course, you know, based on your experience, um, what do you think differenti differentiates you as a provider compared to another provider that may not have gone through that your, you know, your experience? I mean, I don't like to say I can relate to other people because I think everybody has a different story. You know, even if somebody else has chronic pain or, or IBS or, or whatever they have, it's, it's still their story. So I don't like to say I understand what people are going through, but I think if you can find a common ground with someone, that really goes a long way. Um, and you can kind of be a good role model and say, look, look, if I got through this and I did this, so can you. And it's kind of like a little bit of hope, a little bit of inspiration. Okay. All right. So you go through there in four years and, you know, it's time for your change, time for a change. Mm -hmm. And um, what'd you do next? Yeah. So I was studying functional medicine. I knew, like I said, I wanted to transition into that. Um, I took some time off, took some time off for my mental health, mental sanity, everyone else's <laughs> sanity. Um, yeah. So I took a few months off. Very blessed that I got the opportunity to do that. Um, and I also did a little bit of teaching during that time, too. Um, I've done a little bit of adjunct teaching, so I really enjoyed doing that. Um, yeah, I really just tried to reset and refocus. And during that time, I did an elimination diet for my health. Um, and then that's when I started going grain-free um, and learning more about that and um, learning more about how to help my hormones, like what do I need to eat and... Um, yeah, it really took time to reset mentally, physically, emotionally, and I'm glad that I did. So kind of walk us through a, you know, typical day of a diet, you know, for you and um, yeah. some of the activities that you do in addition to work. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So 
I wake up. Um, in the mornings, I like to do maybe about 15 minutes of some just really light yoga, light stretching, something to kind of get the body, you know, waking up so I'm not as stiff. Although the stiffness has really gotten a lot better since I've been grain-free, which I've only been for about maybe six months, maybe five, five or six. Um, so I'll do something in the morning, like I said, something very light to get my blood flowing. Um, most mornings I fast. Um, so depending on where I am in my cycle, I may be fasting or I may eat breakfast. Um, so if I eat breakfast, I like to switch it up because I get really bored doing the same thing over. Um, it might be a hard-boiled egg with some nuts and some berries, or like today I had plant-based coconut yogurt with grain-free granola on top, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, I like to switch it up. Sometimes I'll make a chia pudding. Um, sometimes I'll just eat leftovers if I have leftovers. Um, but yeah, so if I'm not fasting, I'll do that. If I'm fasting, I won't eat till probably 12, 1, 2 o'clock for lunch. Um, I eat a lot of fat, so high fat, high protein, or I'd say moderate protein, but lots of fat in my diet. So I love avocados, talking about nuts, seeds. I cook with olive oil, um, avocado oil, coconut oil, um, those type of things. So um, And grass-fed meat all the way. And... So I guess you could say I'm low carb. So I get most of my carbs from fruits and vegetables, um, but I do love my starchy potatoes. <laughs> love my potatoes. Have you um, looked into the Have you looked into the carnivore diet at all? Yeah, you know I've considered it, but I I think I need my plants. Yeah, I think I need my plants. I think everybody's a little bit different, but I think for my bowels, I think I would do better with. A little more fiber, but I mean, I think that's different for everybody. And I know people who've really benefited, like that have autoimmune disorders that have really benefited from the carnivore diet. So I think it's it's good for some people in a time and a place. And maybe one day it might be good for me. I don't know. But right now, that's just where I am. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, had Sean Baker on last year mm -hmm. and he's a big carnivore proponent. Uh, he was on with Dr. Brandon yeah. and it was... Um, He's been on that diet for, you know, years, claims it makes him stronger yeah. and his digestive system is better and um, awesome. less, less inflammation and things like that. So you brought up an interesting point a few minutes ago when you were talking about, you know, doing some light yoga and some stretching. I am unbelievably stiff. It's probably the best way to describe it. Um, very, okay. I'm, okay. Not, I'm not flexible at all. And so I've embarked on a goal of this year. My goal at the end of the year is to be able to, you know, touch my toes, right? Without bending okay. my knees. And uh, so I'm stretching, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day. Um, I'm doing it every day though. Um, mm -hmm. So based on what you know about stretching, are you, is that a good strategy or should I be doing it every other day to give my muscles, I guess, a chance to, to rest? Uh, how would you, you, how would you about, advise me? Okay. So are you talking about dynamic or static stretching? Well, why don't you explain to the audience what dynamic and static means? <laughs> okay. I'll do that. So dynamic is when you're like, you're, you're moving with the stretch. You're not holding it, right? So you're doing a stretch and then you're coming out of it. You're not holding it like, like static. You're, static is you're holding it for 10, 15, 20 seconds. Static. Okay. So... I would never do static stretching cold. Um, so in the morning, I don't do static stretching. I do dynamic stretching. So give us yeah. an example of what a dynamic stretch would look like. You obviously can't show us, but oh, can you, you explain it? 
Oh man, how do I explain that? Okay, so probably a really easy one to explain is where you kind of like get into like a jumping jack stance where you're, you know, your feet are wide, your arms are wide, and then you just kind of rotate and go down and touch your toes and just keep okay. rotating that way. That would be more dynamic because you're not actually holding in structure. They were called windmills in my day. That, that'll, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay. That, that, I, that one I know how to do. Maybe I'll try that one from now on. But I guess to yeah. my other question too, yeah. if, you're, if you're doing a, if you ran, for example, and you're doing a post-run stretch, so you're, you're warm and you're doing static oh, yeah. stretching, do you yeah. want to be doing that five days, seven days a week, or do you want to be taking time off in between? I think, I think you should be doing it. I think you should be doing it every day. And then maybe not a lot but at least five to 10 minutes. I mean, you don't have to do a whole lot of it. Like you don't have to do like a 30 or minute or hour of like yin static stretching. Cause I don't know if you've done yin yoga, but that's, that's where you're actually stretching out the joints. Um, and if you could do that once a week, that would be really helpful. I think for you, if you haven't looked into that. Okay. And it's yin, Y-I-N yoga. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. Yep. Stretches the joints. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so you do some stretching. Obviously, you've, you've went mm-hmm. through your diet with us. From a liquid perspective, what are you consuming from a liquid perspective on a, on a typical day? Mostly water, but I do love my herbal teas. So some mornings I may start with usually a non-caffeinated. I really don't drink a lot of caffeine at all. Maybe one day a week I'll have caffeine um, in tea. Um but yeah, so it may be like an herbal tea to start my day or just water. Um, that's really it. Um, I do drink almond milk. I drink the milk brand because they don't have extra stuff in it that's bad for you. Um, but yeah, I might mix that in my smoothies or what have you. But really, it's just tea and water. Okay. And with your non-dairy um, situation, do you you know eat that plant-based cheese, for example, if you want something that has the texture of dairy, but it's not really dairy? I don't. Well, no, I take that back. There is one plant-based cheese that I like, but it's like a cream cheese. Um, and it's, I can't even think of the name of it right now, but it comes in a little tub, and I'll dip crack, grain-free crackers in that. That's really good. I'm not a big fan of the quote-unquote fake cheeses. I just don't like the way they taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just me personally. Um, yeah. Are you a big hummus person? I love, yeah, I love hummus. I've been, that's actually on my bucket list. I've been wanting to make my own. Do you make your own? I don't, but I, my wife does and my daughter does. I've seen it made. Oh, nice. So I think I could do it. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, I've been yeah, wanting to it, try that recently, so. And there's a lot of benefits to that too, because some of the hummuses, you got to be careful what's actually in the containers, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's another mm-hmm. thing too. I mean, as you're going through if you can't make your own food, um, what are some of your strategies you employ when you're going through the grocery aisle? Yeah, so I'm that crazy person that spends forever in the grocery store because I'm literally reading every single thing on the label. And um, So the first thing I do is I just read the ingredients. I don't even look at the calories. I don't look at any of that because it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, So I read the ingredients. And if I don't know what's in it, I research it and I figure it out. And if you don't know what it is, then you probably shouldn't be eating it anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I look at the ingredients and I research it and 
I figure out what I'm putting in my mouth because we, we, we eat things all the time and we don't really realize what, what we're actually ingesting. Are there certain foods that you actually might eat for fun? You know, everybody has their kryptonite, right? I'm yeah. a chocolate chip cookie guy. Mm-hmm. So like, what, what, is it, what are some of the things you actually enjoy eating? So um, this is fun. Have you ever had banana ice cream? I haven't. So I love making banana ice cream. So about once a week, and this is my bad banana ice cream, okay? So <laughs> about once a week, I will freeze a couple bananas, put them in the freezer. They only need to be frozen for maybe two or three hours. Anyway, you take them out, let them unthaw for maybe a couple minutes, and then you put them, I have like an immersion blender that I use. And so I just put them in there and maybe mix a little bit of um, like straight cacao powder and mix it up and make my chocolate ice cream. Um, and if you want to put toppings like nuts or whatever on, you can. Um, yeah, my weaknesses are ice cream and chocolate. Mm-hmm. So this past weekend, I actually made some gluten-free pancakes that were made with uh, oats, okay. um, banana, a little bit of baking powder, salt, butter. So it had dairy in it, so that would, that would not be good for you. Um, yes, I also cannot do oats. Okay. So that kills that. Deal. That's right. Cause you got rid of grain. So, um, yeah. So yeah. for those that can do that, um, it was a pretty good recipe. It was very simple too. It, it uh, is. I actually used to make that a lot. So yeah, it is. It is good. Mm-hmm. Back all right. When so <laughs> finally you become part of the, part of the optimal bio family. How'd you find out about us? And you know, what, what did you like about optimal bio? Yeah, so um, like I said, I took some time off, so I had plenty of time to try to find my next step. Um, I found Autumn Bio on LinkedIn, actually. Um, just ran across it, and I thought the, the name kind of caught me. I was like, hmm, Optimal Bio, this is interesting. Let me see what this is about. So yeah, I did my research, very impressed with the website. Um, I remember it says, like, we don't just balance your hormones, you balance your whole body. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, I like that. Because it's so true. You know, hormones are not just hormones, it's your whole body. And we do focus on wellness so much here, you know, with the thyroid and and all the other hormones that are involved. Um, I was just like, wow, like this would be amazing to to really do this. And like I said, I already had an interest in hormones already um, and particularly women's health too. So um, yeah, so I applied and um, after a few interviews, here I am. I'm afraid to ask how it's going so far. I'm just kidding you. It's, it's, it's going great. No, I, I'm really, really happy to be here. Um, really and truly, I, this is a blessing. So you had mentioned earlier and just a few seconds ago too that you're focused on women's health. Um, kind of walk us through what that means and how does that translate to the patients that you're dealing with? So women's health is is everything. You know, it's not just what you would think like GYN or whatever. It's, it's everything from A to Z. Um and here at Optimal Bio, we see, we see just as much women as we do men. So that was actually a pleasant surprise for me because although I do like women's health, I also like treating men as well. <laughs> so, 
So it's not just about the woman working here, but I think it's interesting for women. Women, I think personally, I'm a little biased. I think we're a little more complex hormonally speaking. Um, you might not agree, um, but particularly with the way our cycles fluctuate and learning how to practice wellness in that. So for example, like the intermittent fasting, I've learned that there's certain times of my cycle I shouldn't intermittent fast. And, you know, those are things that women can really relate on, you know, personally that, that men may not understand. You know, it's interesting because, you know, listening to your story, you, I think, are unusual compared to other people and, for that matter, other females. I mean, you were intuitive enough when you were, you know, 13, 14 years old, you know, to start experimenting with your diet. And I'm not a doctor, obviously, and I'm sure Dr. Brandon's heard this before, but, you know, you talk about cycles and, you know, uh, intermittent fasting, you know, based on time and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. And, you know, it seems like you've you picked that up over time and, and you know, and... And the way I interpret a lot of your answers, you know, you believe in everybody is in, is individualized for the most part, and not it's not mm -hmm. a one size fit all, all you know treatment. Right. Um, you know, some people can thrive on you know dairy, other people can't. Um, but you've been able to customize mm -hmm. uh, you know to your situation. Um, mm -hmm. And I know you read a lot, but was there something specific? Um, you know, through the course of your life so far that, you know, either you were told or, you know, you read about that, you know, really gave you, okay, I've done soda, but man, now I really got to look at, you know, all these other things as well. I mean, I think when I really started Google searching to find functional medicine, I didn't know what functional medicine was. So when I Google searched this and came across functional medicine, I think that's for me really when the light bulb went off when I started learning about that because I said, wow, there's a whole branch of medicine that I never even knew about, like didn't even think it ever existed. Um, and so I think finding that was really, really a, a big step for me um, because it was kind of like, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. And obviously, I think with your patients now, you, you, as you're talking to them and they maybe experience mm -hmm. some, some, some side effects or some things in their life. I mean, with your experience, it's very easy for you, I think, you know, hopefully to, sh to share some of that with your patients, which makes you a little bit more unique than the typical provider. Yeah, I, I'm an open book. I mean, clearly, here we are. Um, <laughs> and I, I love talking about my experience. <laughs> Um, and I really encourage everyone to share their experience because I can guarantee you, you're not the only one going through what you're going through. You know, there's plenty of people going through it and talk about it. Like it should just, we should just talk about it. So tell me, what was your most rewarding patient experience through your career so far? Oh man. Honestly, wow. You know? Okay, well, there's plenty, but I'll just give you one, the first one that popped to my head. Um, the last, it was one of my last patients in my last practice, right before I left. Um, he had came in maybe a couple of months before I left. Anyway, all of a sudden, like one night he wakes up and his life was turned upside down. He had high blood pressure, he had tachycardia, he had diabetes, he had low testosterone. I mean, all these things just happened to him just like overnight, it seems. And he came in hysterical, like, 
you know, a nervous wreck, didn't even know where to start, right? And I remember setting him down, and I took a lot of time with him, and I saw him every week, um, and we just got to the bottom of it, and he was very receptive to everything I said, which is not the norm, you know. The good, the interesting thing about Optimal Bio is that patients come here wanting help, right? They want to change, they want help. That's not the norm in a primary care setting usually. So when this guy came to me, I could tell he was very receptive to what I was saying. So I remember working very diligent with him, diligently with him for diet, exercise. We did start him on medications, but not, not the full whammy, you know. I kind of start low and go slow. And within two or three months, right before I left, um, everything was completely gone. Like he was back to the way he was and he just could not believe it. And I just remember how excited he was about it. And he just, he was, he was just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But you know, he listened. I didn't do it. He did it. He listened to me and he, he did what his body needed and he did the work. But yeah, so that's interesting about optimal bio here because these patients come here, they they want they usually they want to change, they want help because that that's why they're here. So they're a little bit easier to work with than the traditional primary care patient. So you said you're an avid reader. Do you read for fun or do you just simply read to to learn? Both. Yeah, both. I would say the last few months I really haven't been doing much leisure reading. Been doing more, you know more clinical stuff, but um, I uh, really enjoy reading. Um, and then coming, to, this actually brings me to what we were just talking about. You're talking about how I was really observing my body and, and adjusting that. And I'm, I'm always telling patients to do that. And one of the things that I really spent a lot of time on when I took time off is being mindful and practicing mindfulness. And one of the books I did finish when I, during my time off, um, it was called Wherever You Go, There You Are. Um, and I can't recall the author, but amazing book, literally amazing. Wherever you go, there you are. It teaches you how to be mindful in every day. So if you're interested in mindfulness or meditation or just how to simplify your mind at all, um, definitely recommend that. Um, that the book was pretty life changing for me because it was like, wow, I can be mindful and practice meditation like all the time, like even when I'm working, even when I'm cooking, even when I'm driving. Um, so that was probably the last book I finished leisure wise that I was just like, wow, it was, it was really kind of life changing for me. So that's your big recommendation from a book perspective? I think so recently. Yeah. I do have a lot of books on my to-do list for this year. Um, but that was probably the, the last one that, that I read that I was just like, wow, actually, I think I'm going to reread it again. That's how good it was. I think I'm going to reread it again. But the one book that I've been wanting to read that I've been getting recommended by by so many people is The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know if you've heard of this book, hmm. um, but it's called The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah, and it's really just about your the emotional impacts of your life and your past and your trauma and how that's stored in your body and how that can cause, you know, elements in your life. So that's on my to-do list. Um, that's my next leisure read, I think. Um, so, mm -hmm. It's always good to talk to an avid reader because they always have good books to recommend to other people. Mm -hmm. Do you have any New Year's resolution physical goals for the year? Like, do you want to run up a mountain? I don't do you make wanna... them. No? <laughs> I, don't, I don't make New Year's resolutions. But I'm always making goals. Like, just continuously, I'm always making goals. So physically, um, 
My goal, I think, physically would be. Mm-hmm. So I used to, I used to do weights. Um, so I think my goal is to get back into doing weights um, because now my pain has gotten a lot better over the last five, six months. Um, so now I'm really focusing on. I'm going to get my strength back. I'm going to, especially with my upper body, because I used to be able to do push-ups like nobody's business, and now I struggle to do them. So I think that's that's one of my my goals this year is to really work on my strength now that my pain is getting under control. Excellent. So we always conclude with five takeaways from our guests that can parcel out to the audience. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have five that you want to share? Oh, I probably have more than five, but I'll I'll try to make it. It's all right. We go more than. Um, (laughs) I think, I think what I want to say is that, you know, people get overwhelmed when they think about how to be well. And it really shouldn't be complicated. It shouldn't be overwhelming. It should be really simple. And I really just like to focus on being simple and being well. So my five takeaways, I think, would be these are five things you can do that are free. You can do them every day, and they're going to help you be well, um, help you be strong, help your immune system. And that is get outside and get the sun on your skin. Um, The sun is so important. Um, even if it's 30 degrees outside, you know, well, today it's rainy and cloudy, but, but still the sun is out, right? The sun is out. So I would say, get your, get the sun on your skin. Um, another thing that I really love is just, just being in nature. Like they call it nature bathing. I'm such, I, I love that. Like I know this weekend I'm due for some nature bathing. Like I've already got that on the calendar. Um, you know, watching a sunrise, watching a sunset, these things are so important. So every day, get outside, get in nature, touch the ground, with your hands, with your feet. Like these things are so important to really just being healthy and staying grounded. Um, Third would be movement. Just move every day. If you don't have time to work out or exercise or whatever you wanna call it, that's okay. Even if it's just 15 minutes, just move. Like the other day I was like, I told Torrance, I said, I'm gonna do 15 squats between each patient. And that takes like what? I don't know, 10 seconds or whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. probably longer than that. But yeah, I was like, because I knew I didn't have time to exercise that day. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do that. So there's ways to, to, to get movement into your day. So no excuses, people. Um, let's see, what else? Sleep. Sleep is so important. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. Just sleep. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Sleep is so important for your health and your wellness. Um, and then I would say lastly, kind of like what I was saying about being mindful, um, also just being you know, grateful, so practicing gratitude every day, just thinking about five things you're grateful for every day um, really has a significant impact on your mental health. Great stuff. Well, Mavis, it was a pleasure getting to know you more today. We learned a lot. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you're uh, here at Autobio. I can attest to the fact that you're really good as a provider. Uh, we can't tell Dr. Byrne that, of course, but you're really good. And um, <laughs> I won't tell him, don't worry. We certainly appreciate your time today and your candor and uh, best of luck to you and um, hope to have you on again sometime. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was fun. This has been a production of Optimal Bio. Optimal Bio is CEO Tyler Brannon, podcast host and partner Jim Baker, medical director Greg Brannon, production assistance by Core Media. Beth Gravencourt, Administrator. Kevin Duthu, Executive Producer. The podcast can be found on our website, OptimalBio.com, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our theme song is Sunwave by Paradiso, provided by Epidemic Sound.